Hey, Mary, can you believe another school year is already done? Catch me up on what you've been up to. This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. This is Reading Teacher's Lounge, uh, Season 4, Episode 15. I'm Shannon Betts. Uh, you can find me at readingdevelopment.com and at rdngdevelopment on Twitter and Instagram. I have been teaching since 2002. I've been a classroom teacher and a reading um, specialist, kind of back and forth throughout my career. And currently, I'm working part-time as a resource teacher at a private school. Hey, I'm Mary Sagafi. Um, I've been teaching since 2006, and um, I am currently doing some private tutoring out of my house. And I also work as a dyslexia advocate for families and helping parents with some coaching strategies to help their learners, as well as how to navigate the special education system. Um, And um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's wrap up this season. I can't believe that um, our fourth season is already kind of like in the books. And we've had so many guests this season, more guests than we've ever had before. And we talked about so many different science of reading topics and yeah, um, amazing amounts of information. And so we really just haven't talked a lot about what's been going on with us. So I think it'll be great to catch up with each other because you and I haven't seen each other a whole lot (laughs) and also catch up our, our listeners as well here in the lounge. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to kind of hear what you've been up to because yeah, I, it's hard to believe we live so close and get schedules and kids, um, game schedules, <laughs> our own yeah, work schedules. I, I, I've been, been working busy. part-time as an Uber driver. Um, not really. Cause I don't get paid for it, but every <laughs> afternoon I just Uber my son's places. <laughs> I don't get any tips and I don't get any reviews, but it's, it's, it's a part-time job. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm like just on the cusp of this now too. And all of a sudden, especially with the beginning of summer camp happening right now, I am shuttling kids back and forth all over the place. And um, in the spirit of that, my friend was laughing so hard. I got some new um, accoutrement for my car, like a new garbage can that now hangs on my passenger. I've been wanting to get one of those. I need it. (laughs) And I got an organizer in the back of my car too, that has like a little built-in cooler. And then finally I have um, a car. um, It's actually air freshener that like hangs from my mirror, but it's a beautiful girl. You can do hard things. And so (laughs) I've seen my friend twice since I've shared, or she, she actually saw it in my car and she will just come by and she'll squeeze my hand and she'll say, beautiful girl, you can do hard (laughs) things. And I, I laugh about it because when we're having, um, you know, big feelings in the back of our car, yes. sometimes, wherever we're headed, um, sometimes I will just point to that. Exactly. <laughs> Since girl. you're the mother of girls, that's great. You can do hard things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what's been happening on, in our uh, world. Driving. Lots of yes. places. Now I'll be in the car for like two hours sometimes. And I've gone maybe 10 miles, like just sort of in circles. So, in a loop. Anyway. Yep. Um, but you're it's fun up on podcasts aren't you <laughs> mostly music and conversation with my eight-year-old he likes to when he's in the yeah. car with me he needs he needs full attention say, 
if you're in the car alone, (laughs) then maybe you might have a chance to do something. Yeah, podcast, it's a little too segmented, I think. Um, I've been trying to do a little bit of audio books, but mostly music. So, Um, but one thing I think the uh, listeners will like, um, so season one of our podcast, uh, that was school Mm -hmm. year 1819, and I was teaching second grade that year, and I talked a lot about those students, Mm -hmm. like Haley and uh, Tony and some of those other ones, and I just attended their fifth grade graduation. Uh, at my old school, and they had not seen me since my accident, uh, you know, because I left right. that school really abruptly um, at the end of 2019. And so I thought that the graduation, I'd stayed in touch with a lot of teacher friends at that school. And um, I'd said, let me know about the fifth grade graduation. I really want to go. That was my last second grade class. I was really close to them. And I thought that that would be a low stress way to go back to the school and kind of get some closure and yeah. say, you know, hello to people. And so I ended up being there for many hours. Um, some oh. of the students had already left the school. They had kind of transferred to other schools, but there was in particular one, one boy who, when he saw me, his, his face got so big and he was like, Miss Beth, oh my oh. gosh, I can't believe you're here. It's so great to see you. And then he got like an honor roll award and um, had a medal and he was like holding it up to me and like, check this out, check this out. Best. And he, oh. I saw him after class and um, after the worst day, and he's like, your class was the last class I got a C in. After you gave me that C, I never did it again. I was just A, B the rest of the time. And it was just, I'm like, okay, if I just went for that one boy, I'm glad I went, but um, it was really special to see people and um, see the teacher friends as well. And um, everybody was like, you just look so relaxed. You're just (laughs) so calm and relaxed. And I guess I am because I've worked part-time all year and I've just gotten off that like crazy hustle train. And I I feel bad because I know that so many teachers, this has been one of the hardest years of their career. Right. All these pandemic years have been. Um, And I've had to deal with my health issues, but I haven't had to deal with that. And so I've been very appreciative of my quieter, calmer pace of life. It's it's less money, (laughs) (laughs) but it's more time and more peace. And, um, that feels like riches to me. So yeah. it was visible to my old colleagues because they could see that I just didn't have the, I don't know, the deep lines of tension <laughs> that we all I used to have. That, that is school. very true. I mean, yeah. I, I am so pro public school. I love it. I loved teaching there. I also had a very I don't know what the word is like, I guess tumultuous, which sounds kind of dramatic, but like, I just had so many extreme moments of like anxiety about children or how do I make it all, how do I get it all done? How am I doing enough for everyone? And Mm -hmm. that part makes it really challenging. Because we had our personal responsibility feelings, right? In addition to all the mandates and all the paperwork requirements and all the time consuming things that were you know, non-negotiables and your family on the other side of all of it too, who don't always get the best of you. Um, because you just don't have as much to give your pot, (laughs) you know, you only have one big bucket to give from. And, um, just like most teachers, you know, you want to give as much as you can and be as helpful and as, um, loving and yeah. But, um, yeah, I see that too. I'm 
my first grader ended up with having a really great end of the year. She did great. I was really pleased. I could Your not... child first grader, not the one you were tutoring, right? No, no. They're all my kids. You're right. I know, but the I'm child just, I'm I just birthed... distinguishing for the <laughs> listeners. This is your daughter. This is true. All of my kids are truly my kids, but um, yes, my daughter had a really great end of her first grade year. And my, um, my other daughter is now is in preschool. She is actually in a multi-age class. So they have three-year-olds through five-year-olds. So she's looping into her fifth year. Um, and she is, I'm, I'm looking forward to her becoming a leader in, in her class because she's not a follower, but she's not um, always want to show exactly what she knows. And um, she's, a very, she's a little sister. She's a little sister. She loves to be little. She loves to be the baby. She loves to, she's way more social where my other child is very academic oriented and has her nose in a book all the time. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been really nice. And I'm so appreciative of all of the teachers um, that I've been in touch with. And even in this uh, last year, I have kind of um, put a little extra energy into helping and supporting our preschool and the teachers there and some of the parents. And um, I think that the pandemic has really changed a lot of families, um, I don't know, experiences and like ties to school and, and like the realization of like, how important it is to have other adults who are also supporting your child in a lot of different ways, whether it's emotional and academic or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I just been um, noticing that maybe parents' priorities are changing a little bit. Just, I have my pulse on a number of things, parents who have children with special needs. Um, everything kind of feels a little extreme right now or a little extra intense and um, I think worries are really high and making sure that kids are feeling caught up or fitting in or, you know, you name it. That's kind of what it is. So everybody just is a little on edge about stuff. So I spent a lot of time doing parent coaching this year, actually, which has been fulfilling um, and some teacher coaching. Um, but more than anything, I've been tutoring a lot this year, actually, which is great. I love doing that. I love working one-on-one with children and establishing those relationships and watching growth and watching children start to advocate for themselves. It's that's the best. That's what I truly, truly love. So um, yeah, that's kind of what's been happening in my world. And more than anything, I feel like I do so much organizing. I'm like going through so many materials. I had way more paper materials than I ever really needed. And everything really needs to just live in my computer and print it when I need it because the amount of things that needed to just go <laughs> was a lot. I watched the home edit on Netflix recently. Yes. And so I've been trying to approach my stuff in the way that they teach it, which is like have a system of like, yes. this thing has a home here. And I never really approached stuff before. I used to like buy the stuff and then have, and then kind of create a home or buy a home, (laughs) you know, I'd buy a new piece of storage to store the things that I bought. But now I'm trying to like repurpose things and say, okay, well now this is going to be the zone for this thing. And um, I organized some drawers in my kitchen and um, in my office and it's, it's been really nice. I'm slowly going through the whole house like that. And um, I had actually, I had help and I had help going through it at school 
Um, I had not oh. gone through my school things since the wreck, really. Like I had stopped, mm-hmm. I had one day to move out of my public school and move over to the private school. And I just shoved everything in boxes with my mom in a very intense day. Um, and then I never fully unpacked at the private school. Yeah. Um, especially because I, I changed that. rooms a couple times at the private school. And so stuff was just still in boxes. And I would always be like, I have a great game for that. But I don't know where it is. Like the teacher somewhere. All my colleagues are like, really, they applaud me if I can like, actually put my hands on something the second I mention <laughs> it. But um, my principal had somebody who c- came in and needed some volunteer hours. And so she's like, nice. The first thing I thought of was your room. <laughs> and I was like, Fantastic. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And it was this person who was very type A and wanted to just come through and reorganize everything. And I'm like, it's your landscape. Just have fun I love with stuff it. Like that. And like we, she was a hard worker and we got it all done in a day and a half. And it was, it's now I know where everything is um, for the first time in three years. And so I it's good because I was able like to that. use some resources that I have, like right. not some of my FCR games that have been like lost for three years. I mean, I know I could have reprinted them, but you know, they were laminated and colored everything I wanted to use. The ones that I have. That, that's exactly, that's the, that's what I've been living in lately too. Um, but it is kind of like a therapeutic thing and it kind of re-energizes me to um, find those games and say, oh my goodness, I forgot I had this. This is so valuable or nope, I definitely don't need this anymore. <laughs> yes. So, well, it's been helping me too, because um, I've been working on creating curriculum for my teacher by teachers um, yeah. store and just trying to like kind of take it from my brain of how I introduce vowels to students or the sight words to students and how I can kind of take it and make it a little more like scripted and universal where any teacher could do it, even if I'm not in the room with them. And it's helped me to find all those resources again, because then I remember, okay, this is what I did with that student. And then I did this activity the next, and then I did this one, and then I did this one. And these is the special directions that I gave. And so I've been, those have um, helped refresh my brain as I've been working on those units. Yeah. Tell me, um, are you going to give us some insight? Can you tell me a little bit about what you've been working on? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm proud of them. Um, so I've made like week long phonics units uh, going by sound spelling pattern. So like if you were going to teach, you know, the OA vowel team or OW for long O, um, because I usually mm-hmm. taught those the same week or something if I was doing it whole group or small group. Yep. And so um, I tried to think of like what I wanted because I never had we never actually had any phonics curriculum in any of the public schools I've ever worked at other than the one yeah. year we had that awful scripted program that I'm not going to talk about, but anyway. Um, and so this is what I would have wanted as a homeroom teacher, which was a presentation um, to kind of guide the students and the teacher each day. And then also like print activities that the kids could do each day to practice. And so each day is a focus. Um, the first day of the week is introduction of the skill. And then Tuesday is phonemic awareness. Cause you know, I think that's the most important to start with mm-hmm. no matter what the age. And yep. then I go into encoding. So we start with writing yep. and spelling. And then yes. finally day four, we get to the decoding. Because at that point, Yay. the decoding feels easy because the students have already done so much other activities with it. And then um, review and assessment. So I have finished the art control vowels and the vowel teams. And then I'm now for this summer working on the 
short vowels and long vowels. And then I'll do the sight words in the fall. And what I've discovered as I've been working on those is that there is this huge bank of words that I've never really taught the students before. And it was the homophones. Now I used to do like vocabulary, like I said, usually in April, that was when it was in the Mm -hmm. curriculum map. And I would, you know, give synonyms and antonyms for a week. And then I would give like homophones and homonyms and the other homographs and things a week. But, and then another week for prefixes, suffixes. But as we talked during that morphology episode, that's not best practice for vocabulary. And what I'm also realizing is for these homophones is that there's way more homophones in English than I'd ever really shown the students. Like when I taught it to students before, I would just give them like a very small word bank of them, like eight and eight and night and night. And sure, you know, one, the number one, and you know, I won the race and I'm finding Mm -hmm. like so many more. So for example, in that sound unit of like the OAOW, I found like 20 pairs of homophones just with that sound spelling pattern. Wow. I mean, like toad, T-O-A-D, the animal or amphibian, Mm -hmm. T-O-W-E-D, like I towed the car, and then T-O-E-D, I towed the line. So if you add a suffix to a base word, a lot of times it'll start, it'll make a homophone that you weren't expecting when it didn't have that suffix, you know? When you add the E-D at the end, it it really changes. Well, I mean, th- this kind of is something that I have also realized later on, but like, it's the importance of understanding the difference between a noun and a verb mm-hmm. and really understanding what does that prefix mean and the morphology of words. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And the root fi- figuring out what is the root word. And I see my English language learners making so many mistakes with these, like mm-hmm. they, just spell toad, T-O-A-D, no matter what, yeah. it is, what context it is in the sentence. Right. And it's because like, there's just so many words out there. They really do need to be explicitly taught or at least brought a lot more attention to than the students had before so that they can start to orthographically map like those words kind of together that, right. you know, okay, they do have the same sounds, but they have all these different meanings and different parts. And when I hear it in a sentence, this is the root that we're actually yes. talking about. And I can visualize that spelling in the front part of my brain and exactly. know exactly what we're talking about. And so um, I'm just, I'm just delving into this right now. Like I'm just, yeah. just for each sound pattern that I'm teaching, I'm just sort of creating a word bank and researching from a lot of different word list books that I have of just trying to come up with as many as I can come up with um, for those um, sound spelling patterns. And then as I have that huge bank of words, which it's, it's hundreds of words already that I've collected that are homophones. um, I don't know. I'm going to be making some kind of custom activities. I'm going to be practicing some things with my students next year to really build more awareness of it. And I want to see if it really helps their vocabulary. I love that. Um, I, I was just, um, uploading some new, um, materials and, you know, I love Emily Gibbons materials. Um, but she, um, had some summer review packets and on the summer review, she actually had really great visuals for multi-meaning words. Mm. And so I was working on the AR, um, with, with two actual students, two particular students, and we were reviewing AR. And so yard was on there and there was a picture of a yard and then there was a picture of a yardstick. 
And another one was Dart. And there was, um, you know, the game darts and then um, a, a player darting on the field. And the, I, I really let the kids just look at the pictures and really kind of gave them some additional focus time to really look at it and think about it. And then we talked about it. Um, rather than me just saying, okay, here's a picture of a yard. Okay. Now read the word yard, but we really kind of, and I was um, surprised that how powerful those visual images were for my particular students. And um, I always, you know, encourage the visuals, but it's not always easy, but I really saw the value in it. Mm -hmm. So once again, props to Emily Gibbons, but also (laughs) she knows um, we're a fan. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she knows that um that goes into shades of meaning too i, I delved right. in, into that with my fourth graders this year um yeah. of just understanding that dart is different than run or dash or gallop or, or oh whatever. i love because that I, increases so many words in the students word banks as well choosing the right words when you're um, looking at you know writing samples and yes. um, really getting them to express their ideas I love that. I, my eyes lit up when you started saying that that's one of my favorite things to teach. Mm-hmm. Love that. Cool. And that's so much more in depth than just synonyms, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, well, what other grade levels did you work with this year or what yeah, other ages so students? I had some, I had two kindergarten students and um, they made tremendous progress. I was, they were super motivated and twins, which is always um, an Good. interesting uh, group to work with. So at first I worked um, with them both together and I was noticing that they just had some really strong competitive things going on, but because they were so competitive with one another, they were missing some of the important pieces of the lesson. So I would, I, I broke apart their lessons and we did some overlapping lessons and some other things, but I would always send them home with a game that they both learned how to play so that they could play it oh, for review that's together. Smart. Yeah. It worked out great. Um, And so, yeah, I'm really pleased with the progress that they made. And then um, I had a first grader and a second grader and a third grader. Um, And all of them made really great progress. And um, it's interesting, too, because I've kind of um, been supporting some families who are wanting to kind of dip their feet into the private world of... um, like really intense remediation when it comes to dyslexia. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really noticing um, how lucky it is for some of those parents because they are able to take a more hands-off approach and really trust the school. On the one hand, it comes with a very heavy price tag. You're talking about some of the dyslexic specific schools we have here in Atlanta. Right. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, And some of them are dyslexic specific and some of them are just like for special needs. But um, yeah, with the parent coaching, it's kind of interesting. I've coached some parents who are now in a private school and I'm telling them to like back off a little bit and let the school kind of take the reins and they don't have to be as um, intentional about you know, tracking all of the data and making sure that they're on, as on top of um, the teachers as they were in the private or in the public schools. And on the flip side of that coin, it's really interesting because I'm, I, as you all know, I really partner with teachers. I have been on the other side of a table when an advocate is there and I know what it's like and how intense it can be when you are scrutinized by your um, administrators. And so I always want to partner with teachers, but um, 
yeah, it's just been, it's been a kind of strange flip of the coin. So, um, it's been, it's been a great year though. All of my kids have made really great progress and I'm super proud of that. So awesome. Yeah. Not surprising, but awesome. It's just happy. Most of my kids made progress. Um, I worked with third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders this year. And across the board, almost all of them made progress except the fifth grade class. That was the one I had the most students in that needed help. We had 12 Mm. English language learners in that class. And Mm. um, I had to push into that one. And so I ended up helping. So they started with the pandemic in third grade too, right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So they had a big disruption in third grade. That's interesting. Yeah. So they struggled (laughs) a lot with comprehension and vocabulary. And Mm -hmm. um, because I was pushing, I was really helping them just with their main assignments. And I wasn't able to teach them a lot of strategies. What I noticed the difference between like that group versus the sixth graders, for example, um, who I was able to pull out and the sixth grade teacher would come back and tell me later, she's like, you know, the student tells me Miss Betts teaches me this to do with any spelling word. Miss Betts tells me to do this with any vocabulary word. So I didn't even, I think that's just so built into my teaching. I didn't really realize I was doing it, but I do teach in my pullout groups. I teach strategies that are transferable to a lot of different scenarios so that the students can really take ownership of their learning. And I couldn't do that in a push-in. And so I feel like I can advocate for myself now, actually. And I went to the principal and said, look, I'm gonna, these kids are going into sixth grade. I'm going to have to pull out for them because this is look at the data. Like I showed her class by class and that was the only class that did not meet their map goals. Hmm. And, um, and it was due to a lot of reasons. Like I said, like, you know, it was, it was a difficult class and they had had um, the, you know, a very interrupted important year of third grade. Right. When you're transitioning to learning to read, uh, to yeah. reading to learn. So we're doing some different things different next year to help them. Um, we actually That's ordered a, a reading software called Reading Plus. I don't which, know Reading Plus. No, so I didn't know it either. We had Dreambox already, which is a math program. And then Dreambox just purchased Reading Plus. And I really like Dreambox because okay. they it's a math program where they... Um, there's no one right answer. It's that the students use online manipulatives to do math. So like they're breaking right. apart fractions by actually like hammering a number line and breaking it apart into equal pieces and then measuring them together and things like that. It, it's cool. doing the math. And then and the program watches the kids and how they do the math and then paces the activities. And so they purchased Reading Plus because they thought Reading Plus was already in existence, but they thought it would be a good fit for their company. So we're piloting it this summer. And I'm going to be working with our summer enrichment kids with Reading Plus, and then hopefully we're going to do it for next year as well. So it um, markets what they were saying was it's the bridge to get from learning to read to reading to learn. So it actually focuses on vocabulary and fluency. Fantastic. Uh, So um, it helps build um, hopefully reading speed with the students. And it actually has some eye tracking software where it's um, building a smooth transition from left to right and things like that. And it, 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 it's got some neat features. And then the vocabulary that it teaches the students, then they see it in the fiction and nonfiction passages that they work on. So um, I'm hoping that that will help the students in that fifth grade class because they're going to need some extra assistance in addition to what I can do for them next year. It sounds really great for um, those like upper elementary learners too. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what it's designed for. Like it, I gave mm-hmm. the pretest at the end of the last week of school. And like, there were a couple of students who got marked and the, um, the person from reading plus said, yeah, you're going to still need the ones that got marked on the pretest, they still need some phonics, but all these other students, they need the fluency and the, you know, in the vocabulary mm-hmm. and the comprehension, but they don't need the phonics as much. And, and for the most part, that is what our school is like. Our students are pretty good decoders. Um, but they're lacking in the, in the vocabulary and the comprehension. And sure. like I saw this year, I worked a lot on encoding and spelling with my students, but I was also really, I was as, as disappointed as I was with the fifth graders. I was actually really, really pleased with the seventh and eighth grade. Um, cause I had not taught seventh and eighth grade ELA grammar Yeah, <laughs> and the teacher and I had a really good relationship and, um, I did some push in and some pull out just in the classroom next door. And we did a voluntary pull out where, um, I had some students I always got, but then other ones that felt like they didn't quite understand the concepts could go to with me. And the cool. students got really good at advocating for themselves where sometimes there would even be some cool guys, you know, in the seventh grade who were just like, Miss Betts, I don't get it. Can I come with you today? And I'm like, yeah, Yay. come on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, great. I actually got like a really generous teacher gift from one of those students. And I think it was just the student was really appreciative that I helped him. Mm-hmm understand the grammar and so they made great growth in their ELA and what the teacher and I did is we took the whole first semester and really honed in on the basics of nouns verbs adjectives adverbs prepositions like I love the basic parts of speech finding them in any sentence understanding their function and once we got them really good at that, the whole second semester, we could layer in the more complexities of like an adjective being a subject complement or an object complement. Yeah. And once they understood where the verb was, then it was very easy to see if the verb was in yep. between you know, the noun and the adjective, or if the noun and the adjective were both after the verb, then it was an object complement and whatnot. So um, anyway, we were, that was, I mean, that's complex stuff. Also that teacher has the students diagram sentences which is an old school practice but it works I was just imagining back to my diagramming sentences days because it really did make all the difference when you are just like held accountable um for those kinds of things and when you could you could see all the nouns standing out you know like when you would do a little diagonal line with the preposition and then that other horizontal line for the noun yes and I I was um I was often overwhelmed by the vocabulary in both math class and in like grammar. Mm-hmm. And it was always really hard for me. I'm like, I recognize that word, but I cannot categorize, you know, what this means. And so I was a kid who would fly under the radar a lot. And so I know that about myself. And so I'm always on the lookout for other students like that. And um, well, that made I mean, it multi-sensory for you, right? It took a sentence and made it I visual for you. It broke it into a pattern. I needed that. And I also needed a little bit of that one-on-one, um, like holding me accountable where I didn't need to just guess or choose A, B, C, or D, or, Mm -hmm. um, you have to do it. I really needed to do it. Yeah. And I also do that even, even with my like little kindergartners, I would still have them sort their letters by vowels and consonants just as a quick review. Or when we're talking about um, uh, digraphs, like what's the difference between a digraph and a consonant blend. And I will just have a quick sort, um, because I do want them to be able to use vocabulary 
in describing language that might not be something that we use in our colloquialisms, but Mm -hmm. it's really important to have that foundational skill. Um, I agree with you. And I will, I usually give a kid-friendly definition, mm -hmm. but not a kid-friendly term. I will give it the actual term. Agreed. But don't then, dumb it down. Right. I don't dumb down what, the, what it's called. So that way they hear it all the time, exactly what it's called. Yeah. But I will, like, for example, the, the grammar, I called nouns and verbs naming words. Mm-hmm. That was my kid-friendly definition. They just name different, yep. you know, they name yep. things or they name action. Person, place, or thing. Yep. And then <laughs> adjectives and adverbs are describing words. And then I called conjunctions and prepositions connecting words. Yep. Yeah. And I and think that, that makes breaking total it sense. up into those three smaller categories helped them understand those parts of speech a lot better. That's great. But then That's we always cool. called it a preposition, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, good. I'm so glad that they had a great year with that. That's wonderful. Yeah. And like I said, I love working part time. So I am going to be yeah. doing that again next year. And right. I ordered, I used, um, some funds. They have not come in yet. It's starting to trickle in this summer with stuff that I've ordered, but um, Yay. I'm going to have so many goodies to talk about next school year because Ooh. we ordered uh, a lot of decodables. Yay. Um, all, it, basically any decodable that was recommended on all those Facebook groups that we talk about, like I ordered because we had a lot of federal funds to spend this year. So um, I ordered the Flyleaf ones and I ordered a really nice collection from Geodes. Yeah, and I can't wait to see those in print. And, and then um, Hegarty has a few that Emily Gibbons wrote or co-wrote, mm-hmm. and so I've ordered those. And then I found a company called High Noon. Books, High Noon is great, and they write um, like for older readers mm-hmm. at a lower reading level, and so they have really high interest books. And um, I'm actually going to have a um, my own checkout library for my resource students in my room. A co-teacher got a grant, and so he actually shared some of the grant money with me, and he ordered me some bookshelves with the grant money oh. and a rolling cart for me to store all the stuff that I ordered, which was really, really kind. And so I'm going to organize the books by Lexile and then let the students, in addition to the books they get from the Media Center, if they're my resource students, they're going to be able to get two or three books from the resource library um, to give them more decodable reading. That's a love level. So I'm excited about that. And then I also ordered a lot of morphology resources. Um, okay. From a company called Van Cleave, which I do. Who William Van Cleave, the, the, our guest that talked about yes. morphology. Our um, last. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I ordered um, an actual morphology curriculum or a group of lessons by Deb Glasser called Morphine Magic. And Yay. I actually ordered one of those for, um, for myself and all the upper grade teachers, just so. And has the students like um, build lexicon notebooks and yeah. just one page for each suffix or one page for each mm-hmm. root. And you can just build it in your lessons, you know, maybe even just five minutes a day yeah. where you're creating word webs and word lists and just starting to see <clears throat> how these words are related. Like if you teach, okay, just one day I'm going to teach rupt, you know, and we're going to look yep. at rupture and eruption and all the other words that have rubbed in it. Fantastic. So um, I'm excited to try all that next year. I wish that some of it had come in earlier. Mm-hmm. So I could have tried it with the students this year, but I experimented a lot already this year, um, which is sort of connecting that 
grammar with the vocabulary and then also working a lot on encoding like we talked about in that one episode and so I'm going to keep doing some of that next year but then really also have these you know I'm always going to put my own little spin on things but at least I have more concrete resources with these decodables we ordered and these yeah. morphology resources we ordered where I can lean on a more um, established curriculum as my structure for what I work on with the students and then these. put my own thing. That it. sounds really cool. I can't wait. Good. Yeah. I'm staying tuned. Don't worry. <laughs> so what's, what's, um, what are you going to be doing next year? You think more of the same? I think more of the same. Um, I probably, oh, you know, I love my, my tutoring kids. I go all in with my tutoring kids because it's, yeah, sometimes this is like where the, uh, anyway, it's just, it's really important for me to keep these established relationships with parents, but it is sometimes time consuming um, to have multiple kids. And so I'm trying to be really careful about boundaries. So this summer, I've actually set up some pretty strict boundaries with my schedule. And I was really proud of myself because um, I'm trying to stick with it. There's only invest... so much Mary to go around. That's the thing. I need to invest a little bit of summertime mom fun into things. And so I have set my kids up for camps and then I've also alternated some of their schedules. So today my little one and I went to the zoo and we got to really enjoy like just some great one-on-one -on -one time at the zoo. And I'm forever grateful for that. Cause I know that this time just kind of flies by and, um, you know, my so boys are older and I can tell you it, it did go by really fast. It's wild. It is just wild how it flies by. So I am trying to be very, um, you know, just diligent in, um, what is really important to me and prioritizing and making sure that family time is, um, you know, just what it needs to be for right now. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my summer, uh, and a little bit of traveling for us, but really for next year, um, I'm still doing parent coaching. I've worked really hard on my new website. By the time this airs, my new website might be up. So if y'all want to check it out, it's still marysagafitutoring.com. Okay. Um, but, um, I worked with a good friend of mine and she helped me upgrade, um, some of the things on my old previous website. So yeah, it's, um, just making some, making some moves. It's been I will link to it on the show notes. And actually we had a listener email us and say, when you, you always say link to the show notes. And what do you exactly mean by that? Am I missing something oh. when you say that? And so I, I'll just say it for everybody in case you're curious, like the show notes are in every podcast directory yes. like if you listen to it on itunes or whatever um, your preferred spotify mm -hmm. or whatever podbean or whatever one you're listening to on they're clickable links like it has a little episode description and the title and the cover and then like i usually we do one two three four whatever links all the things we mentioned i try to write them in the order that we mentioned on that although it's not always in the right order but of the things usually. that we talk about in the episodes and then that transfers to our website and every episode on our website there it's organized kind of in categories by season and then each episode has its own page and the show notes have those clickable links in there as well and then sometimes on the website we'll have additional graphics and kind of so that means resources. like if we mention a book or a specific resource that we really like and you would like to to go and search and find it you can find that link either embedded in your podcast um 
browser, like when you open up and, and you can see our, our show title, you scroll mm -hmm. down just a little bit and you should be able to see some clickable links. Or like Shannon said, you can also navigate to our website, which is www.readingteacherslounge.com. Yes. And, you and can see it by I will say there. some of the, I'm still going back and like correcting some of the links from season one and two, because FCRR changed how they're, um, they changed a lot of their links yes, and their URLs. How they organize things. Yes. yes. And Ooh. so um, I fixed most of those and people have been really nice. Like they'll comment on our website, like this link doesn't work or whatever. And so um, I've been trying to catch those, but you can always contact us if you ever find Please one. Please let us know. Sometimes that's you not know, working. those things fly under the radar. Exactly. Cool. So, but, um, and all the links that we usually put are, are free things because we want it to be free, high quality things that you can just use right away with your students. Easy access. Right. Um, great. Oh, what a good season we had. I have to say the best thing about this season was that we went smarter, not harder. And we found some amazing guests who are so much smarter than we are. I, mm -hmm. myself, I mean, sorry, not you, Shannon, you're one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> so I don't necessarily mean you, but no, I'm really, but the fact that we guests. like started our season with Wiley Blevins and then like <sighs> ended it with Nancy Young, like, yes, that's, we were, we were on the zoom we're flying some pretty greatness, <laughs> some literacy greatness. Yes. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what the next season brings. I know. Me too. It's always so great. And I love that. And I hope our listeners also feel this way too. light professional development, something that you can just take with you, listen, like you're having conversation in, in a teacher's lounge and having some good quality connections with teachers who are passionate about reading and literacy. Mm -hmm. And I will say to all the teachers that are like full-time in the trenches, like I feel your pain and I was there for so many years and it's, it, I'm, I'm, it's, it, it, it took the force of a tow truck. That's my best friend right. says to, to shake me from that craziness. Um, and so I don't wish a brain injury and health problems on anyone, but I needed that to get out of it. And um, I am very appreciative of my slower time, but I also haven't forgotten what it's like for everybody else. And so um, I agree. I just hope that everybody gets the rest that they need this summer and the recharge they need and that they can um, set some boundaries for themselves. Yes. And refuel um, so that they can give their readers what they need, but then also do it within reason. Um, totally. Yeah. And if anybody hasn't checked it out, um, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm not an affiliate or anything, but um, Angela Watson's program, the 40 hour teacher work week um, saved me so much um, back in 2017 when I joined that program. It really showed me how to do my job in, in about 42 hours a week. Um, I, once, I, once I went through all the resources that she shared and it didn't make my administrator super happy because I was out the door usually about three thirty every day. Right. Um, but it didn't. It, it it didn't change the results. In fact, it, I had better data after I employed those practices. So, yeah. um, I hope the teachers get what they need. Um, and we appreciate you being with us this year and tuning in with us. And I appreciate all of the who reach out with questions and um, check out our Patreon if you would like, um, because we're about to offer 
some new levels in our Patreon where we can actually provide more one-on-one -on -one support if that's what you would like for Mary and me. Either this we summer would love or next to do school that. year. Yes, for next school year, especially. Um, and we're trying to also be really like considerate of our own time and the resources that we are able to share with each of you. And um, I think that this is a, a really good way to, to um, just, just set ourselves up for success, but more importantly, give us a really um, nice uh, way with structure to reach out and, and connect with our listeners and, and share our knowledge the way that, um, you know, we want to, that's the reason that we do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to I totally, my fourth or fifth year teaching, I totally would have reached out to you, Mary, because if I had met you back then to just be able to ask you all the questions, because I knew enough to know that I didn't know everything and that I had certain students that I wasn't meeting their needs and I didn't know how to go about doing it. And so um, Mary and I would like to be more present for you in Absolutely. a way beyond the podcast um, this summer and next school year um, to provide different level of support if you would like that and feel like you need that in your stage in your teaching career. So if you want to know more information about that, check our show notes. It's at the bottom and then you can or you can also go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com mm -hmm. backslash reading teachers lounge yeah you'll find us all there yeah and right. we'll be talking about it next year as we kind of launch it all so this is great i'm always proud of you know working with you and sharing this space with you shannon thank you so much and also thank you for upholding a lot of this season too i would just like to say i really truly appreciate our friendship and our professional work together. It's, it's a joy to work with you. Back You're the at best. you. Well, I won't let you leave the teacher's lounge. No, I'm not leaving the teacher's <laughs> okay. lounge. This is a happy place for me. This is okay. good. <laughs> well, we're happy to be here together. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you listeners. And we will see you next season. Yeah. Have a good rest of the summer. Mm, bye everyone. Bye.